0: There's a country beyond that which is known to humankind, a stray country, a country that exists west of October, whose borders are somewhere between midnight train whistles and the distant howl of a dog, a country that lies somewhere in the stitched and jittering static between radio stations, a country that drifts through America like a traveling salesman, but every now and then stops to nest on a small town, a small church. A single street, and maybe, just maybe, some kind of delayed radio broadcast you've stuffed in your ears. Chapter 15 This little piggy went to the market. Well, he liked Guns N' Roses. Yeah, but every teenager likes Guns N' Roses. Jack looked again. He played Super Mario Bros. Yeah, but that game came with the Nintendo. He watched Jack thumbed the VHS tapes. Terminator. Yeah, but you ever meet a boy that? didn't like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I can't see Eddie anywhere. I see different pieces of like America or something. Stuff every kid everywhere likes. Nintendo's Japanese. You know what I mean, Jack? At the funeral, Eddie's mom and dad, aunt and grandpa will stand up and say how there wasn't a kid quite like him. How he can't be replaced. How the world is different without him. And it's probably true, Jack. But how could you tell? from a reader's room billy looked the room it's all and then billy had a thought what do you think his mom and dad will do with all of his stuff jack shrugged probably throw it jack didn't finish his own sentence and the boys stood stood there looking at walls and shelves full of what had become garbage the second Eddie Schneider had taken his last breath. Correlated boy treasures and mass-produced mythologies brought to tell the world who the fuck he was. Working on a spit shine at 3.32am. Garbage by 3.33am. Without Eddie here, the lung pumps some meaning into any of it. It was just garbage, waiting to be taken down and laundered in the blackout rinse cycle of kitchen-tall trash sacks. It suddenly felt like nighttime, but it was only 3.33pm. Somehow, Billy knew. Somehow, the room said something. Eddie had died exactly 12 hours ago. And here stood two boys, frantic to jump from the night of the room, where a boy's life had sunset and would never rise again. Outside, Billy heard the wind make marionette puppets out of the leaves. Jack wanted to go play with the puppets. See the show, leave this dark theater for the seasonal puppet show outside. Go and strike an eye on the matchstick flame of autumn. And being scared, Billy's mouth opened and leaked all sorts of things. Everyone says the communists are bad and Gorbachev's a liar. That America's great because here... We don't either walk the same way or wear the same clothes like the commie pigs do. But the dollar bill bends our legs broken, doesn't it? Doesn't it make us all walk the same crooked way? They say the Soviets are brainwashed in the laundry machines of the Ida... 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 Lod- what? Ideology. Yeah, ideology. They say the Soviets are scrub-mindless, nursed on ideology to all act the same, but... Billy looked at Eddie's room. The posters, the game cartridges, the cassettes, the VHS tapes. He had seen them all before. If ideology means everyone acts the same, aren't we just ideology in here? In America, too? I don't think that's how that word works. You know what I mean, Jack. Everyone's afraid of the Soviets because they say they all bow to one man, but... Don't we? In the West? Battle one man? Who? God? No, not God. Bill. Bill. Dollar Bill. Billy pointed everywhere. Cause I mean hey, look at Eddie's stuff. The same goddamn stuff every kid in America's got. Look at his posters, his cassettes, his goddamn videos. They're all the same stuff any kid like him would consume. And they say we can't eat anything we want here in America. And those Soviet swines can't. Except no, we can't. Not really. Because everyone has to eat and you can't eat without money. Well, the record store has to answer the dollar bill. Sell albums to make rents so they stock the music what sells. Not the music they want. So it's Guns N' Roses or Michael Jackson. Like them, or hate them. And why do you think the record labels signed them? Not because someone read the lyrics and said, this is a message the world needs, but because they figured out they could make money off them. And they have to. Because how do you keep the doors open and the lights on without dollar bill, and movie studios have to make movies what will make money? Not movies what will say something important about life, because saying something important about life doesn't make money unless you sell it with cotton candy. So yeah, Mrs. Pike and Pastor Phillips and all the others say we're free here in America. More free than the Soviets, but... What if they're wrong? They're not wrong, Billy. But what if they are? Jack didn't respond. Maybe we're not free, Jack. Because a dollar's not free. And how much does a dollar cost? God... I don't know if anyone knows anymore. But hey, we think we're individuals, but no. We, all us Americans, all of us are marching like the Red Square Army to the Green Prayer Leader. All bowing together to the almighty dollar. They say the Soviets are pigs, Jack, but... Billy looked around the room to the posters shouting from the walls, the VHS tapes shouting from their sleeves. The red tab of Levi's shouting from the floor. Every corner of the goddamn room had been cattle branded by companies trying to take a cut of a boy's life. And Eddie had ate it all up. Just like Billy had seen in a hundred other kids' rooms. Just like Billy had seen in his very own bedroom. They say the Soviets are pigs, Jack, but... Billy blinked in the brand war-bombed-out crater of a boy's room. Have you noticed the way we eat from a trough? Billy took a breath. The room was very quiet. They say the Soviets don't have any freedom, that they don't have any choice in the world. Maybe that's true, but I'm just wondering, Jack, maybe, maybe in America, we don't have all the choices in the world, because we only get to choose between the things that make money. Billy looked at the banned posters. Why did they suddenly look more like advertisements than anything else? Yeah, maybe they aren't spoon-feeding us ideology from the state in America but just seal barking from the malls all the midway garbage money can buy. Billy blinked. Garbage. He whispered. Ain't it the same thing? Ain't that what Grandpa called communism? Garbage? Jack blinked. Yeah. Jack blinked again. Garbage. Garbage. And then Billy saw it. The reason they'd come in the room. He'd missed it, camouflaged as it was in the stale scenery of a boy's room. A white, plastic sack. Not the one used for the killing, certainly not, for that one was gone, maybe carried away with the body. Maybe collected by the police, who knows, but not here. No, the sack Billy saw in the room most certainly had not been used for the killing, but had watched the killing. Not used for the killing because if it was the murder weapon, it would not have been replaced to the spot where it lie. A liner for a boy's bedroom garbage can. The garbage can. Billy whispered. Jack was very quiet. Billy watched the liner. The thin, flimsy sack moved in the still bedroom air. The window was closed. The heating duck quiet, and still the sack rustled small like a mouse blink, in sync with the carnival leaves outside. But the window was closed. The heating ducts, quiet. Billy and Jack's slow-drafting lungs, the only things stirring air. The only things in the room that could have been making the sack move. It was once a 7 sack used to cart home freak show food, now, wrapping the metal drum tight like an Elvis cat suit. No, not an Elvis cat suit. Something loftier than rock and roll. Higher in the sky. Yes, that white plastic sack riding the garbage tin was like Jesus Christ to the sloughed off souls of McDonald's wrappers and cassette tape shrink wrap, the Prince of Pieces the author and finisher of our filth, the captain of dilapidation, the king of thrown away things, the white plastic sack moved in the nothing breeze of a dead boy's bedroom, and the flush of nothing fabric plastic was like the hands of the Lord outstretched, like this Jesus Christ of garbage was calling all the lesser garbage to come home, and they had flocked together. All different kinds of trash, like church members ready for the revival. I think it's in there. Bailey whispered, what we're looking for. Jack nodded like he knew. Neither boy moved. If you had a magnifying glass, you could have seen their fingers twitch so go. Jack whispered. I don't like the way it moves. Billy whispered. Those sacks are so light anything would make a stir. Wouldn't take much more than a fly fart. But Jack had unwillingly admitted by trying to rationalize that the waving ghost sack had to be explained. Because that's what science was for. Something to take all the horror things of life and explain them away. Because death wasn't so bad if you could hang your hat on lack of oxygen or loss of blood. Right? Because then you had a reason. Why yes, of course, Eddie would die if he didn't have air. Yes, of course, Grandpa would die if his heart couldn't pump blood. There's nothing scary about that. It's just fact. And fact isn't scary. And that's science in a nutshell. A fool thing that tries its very hardest to explain the things we're most afraid of. What if that's how we make ghosts nowadays? Billy whispered. Jack did not move. His ears were open. What if a ghost is something you build? Your whole life. Billy swallowed. And so ghosts can change. Change with the times and with people's appetites. And now we watch TV instead of talk and play with friends through the Nintendo and have to have movie noise between company to fill any silence and eat NutraSweet instead of sugar. Which what the hell is NutraSweet even? Something invented by a chemist on accident probably. In some lab. What if you were inside? You couldn't tell whether you were in New Jersey or New Brunswick or North Dakota. <sighs> and Eddie's cultured pop culture soul. All homogenized like a cup of milk. And maybe. Billy blinked. The white plastic sack sloshed away and the wind shot from his shutting eye. Maybe. Billy inhaled. The white plastic sack edged towards boy lungs. Maybe, Bailey exhaled. The white plastic sack took the breeze. Maybe there isn't ghosts in the garbage. But garbage in our ghosts. Maybe we made our ghosts garbage. By filling our lives with it first. Two boys in a dark room felt the sun shift outside. The dust of a dying sun in the attic of the sky could be felt raining outside the window blinds. The sun was like a cigarette going dead, and neither boy could buff it alive. Too early for the sun to be thinking about setting, thought a boy. November shows the sun who's boss. Thought another, but neither boy had taken eyes off the plastic sack. Let's go, Jack whispered, speaking to a boy lost somewhere across night hills. I gotta look, Billy said. He took one step forward. Jack's hand rose to stop him, but like a composed gunslinger, did not crack did not grab or pull or hinder brother, who step by step approached the garbage can of a very recently dead boy. And Billy's four steps across the small suburban basement bedroom took more devil-may-care grit than approaching old garages, old barns, tall trees, old churches, older steeples, empty train tunnels, and then he was above. Looking down on this Jesus Christ the garbage, feeling quite alone, because who ever gets to look down upon the Lord? Seeing receipts and shrink wrap and styrofoam with golden arches and candy bar wrappers. But Billy knew the trash was too well placed to be trash. It was orchestrated trash, conducted into place to hide a sour note. The whole symphony built around one bad note. Something to drown it out. Hide it. Make it go away or just become invisible in the sea of music. Billy knew Eddie had hidden something beneath all that garbage. Billy's fingers butterfly fluttered like a gunslinger's. No. Raw hands couldn't dive the depths. Billy raised his foot. He tipped the can by shoe. The lullaby was like a cry of turned off machines. The trash tumbled out in a mute ruckus, dead lion roar of carpet catching calm. Billy bent. Looked the bottom of the sack. Saw something he had never seen before. But thought he knew what it was. Couldn't be certain, never having seen before. Needed Jack, the peddler of pornography. For the eyes, for the lungs, yes. Jack had probably seen one before. Probably sold one before. Jack. Jack blinked. The white plastic sack sloshed away in the eyelash storm. Jack. Jack inhaled. The white plastic sack edged towards boy lungs. Jack. Jack exhaled. The white plastic sack took the breeze. Jack. Jack blinked awake. What? Come look, I've seen enough, Billy, seen enough for my whole life. I need you to tell me if, if what, if, if this is what I think it is. Jack illustrated a foot forward, like he was approaching a stranger's garage, a falling old barn, a dead winter tree, a defrocked church. A broken steeple. A rotting asylum. Look. Billy demanded. Billy. I've seen enough. Is it a... Uh... Jack looked. His face played a film from a silent theater. A stare that said yes. Billy, yes. That is a condom. Straight country it's scribbled and scratched up by me ink. The shallow tide of sound is done up by my brother. Come back to the country. Bring a friend. Shout about it from the steeples. Shotgun your voice to the far reaches of your phone. Ties and offerings can be proffered on my Patreon. Find directions at streetcountry.com. See you in the country.